We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 354. Forever, this will be known as the Alfredo Garcia Trade Deadline Extravaganza Podcast. Scott, what is up? Single A, single A talent, baby. That's what we're going for. I mean, what a deadline. Single A talent at the at the buzzer, no less. We had to really, really get wait for that one because it came down at the four o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was suspenseful. I gotta say. Then this this kid Garcia Al- Alfredo gonna Alfredo be something. Sauce. Up. They've got a lasagna on the team now. They've got an Alfredo sauce. Hey, options are good. We've, They're we've, building an Italian restaurant. We have They're talked about flexibility for how long. Family Italian restaurant in the Bronx. How fitting. Look, that was disappointing. Oh, in a, boy, in a was bad it way. But, <laughs> but, 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 but there's a but. I got there's I got plenty of them. I got plenty of them, and and, I, and I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight for this team for, for the next yeah. hour. For the next hour, yeah. I'm, I'm going to battle. Okay, so I think it's funny that that's the approach you're taking. I'm taking the complete opposite. <laughs> well, no shit. Why do, you think I'm, why do you think I'm doing that? There's a, there's a reason I am entrenched on this, uh, on this side of the war. But can you, be, can you be real for a second? Yeah, absolutely. You pissed off? Uh, you know, I'm, I, I don't call it pissed off. I'm, uh, I'm surprised 
That's, you upset? You disappointed a little I'm bit? I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed and surprised. There's no way in hell you thought you were going to wake up on July 31st. Oh, God, and the no. trade deadline was going to come and, come and go with the way this team has played this year, the, all the, the ups and downs this team has gone through, the roster situation, the pitching staff, in shambles the way it is over the past 10 days, and they did nothing. Come on. No one expected that. No, absolutely not. But I, I will also say this. The last thing I thought was going to get in the way of potentially getting two of the guys that we were targeting were the Mets and that the goddamn them. Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> I, I didn't see that shit coming either. And when you're looking at those teams being active in this trade deadline, which never oh, happens, you don't see bizarre. guys that are you don't see teams that, and clubs that are going in there that are not contenders going after these uh, these these rentals and like controllable by for one year guys. What, what, what are you doing? That makes and then you don't trade them. I thought for sure there was going to be a flip. Like, this was part of a grand scheme of things. I'm giving way too much credit to the Mets and the Reds, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, but, they were trying to one-up each other on stupidity. Yeah, so, I, you know, when you when you factor that into two of the biggest chips falling to teams that are not relevant at all, it's just a very strange time. It was a very mm-hmm. strange deadline. Definitely the weirdest one I've ever seen. Oh, by far. By far, uh, because usually you identify the teams that are contenders and they're the ones buying. And then there's a bunch of sellers like in any other year, the Reds are sellers and this year they're buyers. I- but they were both. That's the thing. They were not. They were they sold plenty of they sold plenty of players away. It's not like they buyers. Didn't. Yeah, they got they gave up. Uh, they gave up assets that were. But I mean, the Reds are not winning this year. I mean, no they, one thinks but, the Reds, the are winning Reds aren't year. winning next year either. I mean, the, but the Reds acquired a pitcher. That would have helped teams win now. Correct. So in that so sense, the they're buyers. So in that sense, they're buyers. What what happened is is they're. I think they're from again. This is just trying to get in the head of a, a, a lunatic. Obviously, um, you're looking at what they're doing is they're trying to set it up for next year. That's that's the only thing I could think of is that they're trying to. Well, set I think up the Reds. Their team I think the Reds. Year. The Reds are better than their record might indicate because they've got a last time I checked a positive thirty three run differential. So. Maybe people in that organization are saying, hey, we are more talented than our record may dictate. So we can couple um, Bauer with Sonny Gray and with Castillo, and we've got something to go into next year. They got Fine. rid of Scooter Jeanette and Puig. And, uh, but Puig was gone after this year I understand anyway. that, but they're, they're, they're getting rid of a lot of people from this year too. It just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's talking out of both sides of your mouth is what's happening over there. So is... This is one of the weirder deadlines in a long time, like you said. Is the no waiver deadline on August 31st a factor in all of this? Is this the wrench that nobody took into account going into this year? That that a team like the Mets and the Reds, why I don't understand how the deadline, the waiver deadline would have played into that. It wouldn't have. It didn't factor into it. That's the I thing. can't think of I can't think of a, a reason either. I'm just asking you. No, maybe, I, I don't think you cooked up something in that brain I think over that, there. I think that maybe it, it um you know, it changed people's minds in the way that they had to go get more of the lower level players rather than the high guy. I think the top the top targets are still going to be the guys that are going to fall anyway. Like, you know, it's just a matter of who was going after them that was so different this time. But, you know, you look at like the um, the Mike Leaks of the world and people like that, like that maybe changed things in the way that those deals were made because uh, yeah. they could have been a waiver move later in the uh, in the month. I don't really care about those guys. But that's though. my point. That's that's where I think it affected it. Three pitchers were moved at the deadline that all could have significantly helped the Yankees, Bauer, Stroman, and Greinke. Right. All of those are upgrades in the rotation. <clears throat> right. All of those are guys we've identified for months at this point. 
Right. I know. I know. Well, Granky, Granky was kind of like never really talked about seriously. Fine, but there were three. That doesn't three pitchers that I would have loved to have on the Yankees pitching staff August first. Yeah. No. I mean, and and the asking price for some of the guys that didn't didn't get moved. Uh, you know, like Boyd and and Minor. The asking price for some of these guys obviously was pretty damn high. Well, apparently the uh, Tigers were asking for Glaber in the Boyd deal. That was, I mean, that was a rumor a while ago too. But Boyd, Boyd's a certain uh, a particular case where they didn't really have to trade him um, because of the way that he's controlled. They could trade him in the offseason just as just as well, uh, or or even hang on to him for next year even. So, so with the. Bauer to the this is when I knew the Yankees were in trouble when Bauer went to the Reds last night yeah Uh, we're recording this about eight o'clock at night on Wednesday after the Yankees game after the trade deadline Tuesday night the news breaks that Bauer's going to the Reds and first of all I didn't think the Indians were going to be trading Bauer because of the position they're in in a wild card spot very close to the twins in their division I was like why are they going to trade one of their best pitchers I think maybe they're just tired of his shit and they traded him, and they got useful players back, outfield help back for him. But this is when I knew the Yankees were in trouble. Things were weird when Trevor Bauer's getting traded to the Cincinnati Reds. There's no doubt, and I did think uh, some of that came into play as far as the the way that they they see Bauer. Um, but I also think they got a really big haul back too, and they were basically looking at it as, you know, if they can if they could still stay uh, at a at a high level or competitive and get what they got for Bauer because I think the I to me what it looked like and and just listening to other GMs across the league and like reading things about that as well it was almost too good of an offer to pass up that's what it seemed like a lot of reporters were saying that the Indians in making this deal made sure Bauer was not going to a contender they were going to be facing in the playoffs this year not going to trade him to any of the big teams, big teams in the American League, the Yankees being one of them. Not going to trade him to anyone they're going to face in the World Series potentially this year. So the Indians are still intent on competing for a World Series. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's definitely I – th- I definitely think that's the case. It's just uh, – you know, obviously there was, there was definitely some – It's not a normal deal. It's not a, it's not a normal deal you see a team c- trying to compete make. Like I, I, no, I, you don't. You don't see it when you talk – tra- especially with the injuries that they have on that on – that, um, pitching staff and the fact that the right. position they're in the wild card right now and they're the last I looked was two games out whatever it is two three games out no no they were two games up okay so two games no no, no I mean from first place with the twins I mean they're they're uh, in yeah. they're in a race two, for the they're division two up on two leading the wild card two and back of the division very easily could win the AL Central yes so the when you're when you're removing a guy like Bauer that's a big deal I mean you're adding a bat like Puig you're, you're strengthening in certain areas as well. Um, it depends on how and confident they are with the other guys. I know they just they just put Salazar uh, on the active roster as well. So you know the fact that they're getting some guys back, maybe they knew more, and they said that hey, we can live with this, and we're better for the future as well. But kind of reminds me of when Oakland traded um, Cespedes for John Lester. Yeah, back what was that 2014? I don't remember the year, but it was yeah. um, it was that was it was like okay, moves. you're adding a great pitcher in John Lester, but you're trading your cleanup hitter. The, the Indians are adding outfield help. They're adding offense to their team, which they need. But you're trading potentially your number one or number two pitcher. I, I don't, This is not an Indians podcast. I'm trying to get into the in I know, but it's, a, it's, a, it's so relevant to what happened with, with what relevant. the Yankees did. And, the, I mean, the Yankees, from, from the haul that, uh, that we're hearing about for Trevor Bauer from the Cincinnati Reds, 
and the fact that they didn't want to trade him within the American League as well to a competitor for, for Bauer to come back and bite them in the ass and give them all the quotes that they didn't want to hear against the Cleveland Indians if the, he had success with the Yankees because you know those quotes were coming. Um, you know, they, they got a very good haul. And I don't know if the Yankees would have matched that for Bauer because from what you also hear about the Yankees is that there was some indecision on, there were I think there were two different camps about uh, in the Yankees front office who wanted Bauer, some who didn't want Bauer because of off the field stuff as well, so they obviously didn't want to pay for what the what the Cincinnati Reds gave them, and 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 I think it's clear that the Indians didn't want to take a close deal for the Yankees as well. Doesn't that seem like the consens- consensus is that the Yankees did not want to overpay for anyone? They yep. were a little gun shy in who they're going to go after. Maybe if they're not a hundred percent sold on somebody, they're not willing to extend themselves for any prospects, whether it be Clint Frazier, he's not really a prospect anymore, but Debbie Garcia, Esteban Florial, whoever it is from the organization, they don't want to be wrong because Brian Cashman has been wrong the last couple of trade deadlines. He was wrong he with something with Hap. Well, he even though he wasn't, he wasn't wrong, wrong with Hap, Hap in the second the, half of taking the free agent contract and the and the trade are two separate items and when you look at them separately hap was a great trade deadline deal but in the court of public perception jay hap is not a good pitcher right now that doesn't mean shit though that doesn't mean shit i know it doesn't mean shit i know for someone thinking about it for you and i thinking about it and dissecting it it doesn't mean shit jay hap was great for the yankees in the second half of 2018 but he sucked in the playoffs in his one start last year and he has sucked this year yeah, again, but you're, if you're looking at trade deadline moves with Cashman and history, then you're looking at that, and it was good. Either way, I'm not, I'm not saying I, – I think, I think what the, one of the big things that, that Cashman saw – first of all, the Stroman deal and the Bauer deal, I think, were the two that just knocked us out. The Stroman deal you know, in particular, the Stroman deal in particular, when he went to the Mets, it's clear that they, they, were, they were asking for a lot. I think they were – who knows what the hell they were really asking for. We hear all these reports. But if it was, if it was Garcia and Frazier like, – they didn't want to give that up for for Stroman, and part of me doesn't hate that. Like I, I know people are going to be like, "Well, we got to win right now." We, we we all think that Debbie Garcia can be Stroman. Like, okay, fine, but you're also giving up Clint Frazier, who's a damn good player and very well could be a cog in this thing for years to come. Like, I don't want to look too short sighted, even though I know we have a window to to throw away years of uh, a guy that could be uh, good for this team and this franchise. I'm not willing to do that. And, and I don't know that Stroman is the guy that puts us over the top either. So he's been inconsistent. And, and when, you're, when you have a guy like that, you have a hot prospect like Debbie Garcia who's flown through the system and they, they like a lot, obviously. They've put practically a no touch on him. Um, and, and the way that he's flown and the, and the pace that he's flown, he's coming up soon, right? Like we're going to see a couple more starts at AAA, get his feet under him, get that seasoning down there, and we're going to see him up at some, in some capacity. It's, the, it's such a stupid way to approach this. Well, I think... It's to bank on Luis Severino coming back from injury, Dellen Batances coming back from injury, and Devi mm-hmm. Garcia, who started the season in single A, single A, to come up and help your major league roster. That's not what you I'm saying. You have to be friggin' I- moronic to approach this trade deadline and this second half of the Yankees season like that. The, I'm sorry. But, but you're looking at what happened as well for the way that the deal went down with the Mets. The Yankees definitely could have beaten that deal. Even without Easily. Frazier and Garcia. Yep. And and it didn't happen. Okay, fine. So, so you're saying that the, that the Blue Jays didn't want to trade him to the Yankees? I think that's part maybe, of it. Maybe, maybe that's real. Yeah. Just like I think the Indians didn't want to trade Bauer to the Yankees. I think that's a big part of it. I think okay. it's a big part of it. So the Yankees are paying a tax. They're paying a, ta- a tax for being the Yankees. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> this is the year you might have to just eat that tax. Well, again, you're because this rotation is not good enough. This pitching staff is not good enough to win a championship. I mean, I, I don't, I don't. If if, if things do plan pan out and the uh, the guys come back and they're supposed to, if they do, they're then yeah, I think it is good enough. I don't think you need. We've talked about this how many times on the show. I don't think you need that one dominant guy to go out there and do it. If these I guys, I don't think you need it, it either. And, I, and they I, don't have any. They don't have any mediocre guys right no, now. No, that's bullshit. You're just you're you're t- you're taking way too much weight into the last week and a half of what's happened, and you can't get past that. And you need to get past nope, that. I'm not I'm just looking taking, at what. Okay, I'm looking at what Tanaka has done in the past in the second half. I'm looking why? at the guy. Why? why? Because that's his track record. That's what you have to. That's the no. only thing you can look at. Look at what he's pitching right now, and he's not pitching well right now. They didn't trust him to get out of the fifth inning of a game in. July against the Diamondbacks today. Yeah. They didn't trust him to pitch past the fifth inning. He's pitching badly right now. I get it. I know that. There, there's a bunch of them pitching badly. Uh, that doesn't mean that that we haven't seen much better times. And and if you believe that that's who he is, then, then okay, then maybe we're not. If you believe that the last week and a half is what the Yankees is as a pitching staff, then no, we have no chance. We won't even win the division because no. we're going to no fall one's... like a rock. No one's that. None of the pitchers are as bad as they've been the last ten days. I get that. I'm not saying that. But the thing is, is uh, I do think the talent is there. It's available, and it's a matter of these guys. Look, the names are there. The guys are there. The talent is there. Would, should we have added to this? Yes, I, I, I firmly believe they should have added to to what, um, what the roster looks like. But at the same time, if I'm looking at the other side of it, I wanted Robbie Ray. Do you know how many people did not want Robbie Ray? They're like, oh. I don't want Robbie Ray. I do not want to give up anybody for Robbie Ray because he's going to be terrible. Too many, too many walks. Too many, okay. too many this and that. Like it, it, there's, there was no sure thing. That's no, the thing. Like there was that guy didn't exist. Sure, you don't necessarily need a sure thing. What you need is pitching depth, and they don't even have that right now. Okay, so you, can you go into to JJ a and go get Matt Harvey. Give you some depth. <laughs> He's on the Matt Harvey bandwagon. Yeah, we talked about this after it, on Instagram. We went on uh, or on Instagram live at four o'clock, and um, I mean, you know, par- partially <laughs> partially in jest, but at the same time, it's well, like you know what? Throw it in the wind. Like, why not? Let's get nuts, baby. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's it. The Yankees. Uh, so a. Conrad wrote a really good article, I think, on the trade approaching how to approach the trade deadline, but really how to approach the postseason in pitching and. Yes, there's the outlier of Madison Bumgarner winning the NLCS and the World Series MVP, but most of the time, that's not the reality. The reality is you don't have a pitcher that goes out there and wins three games in a seven-game series every single series. But what the Yankees have right now is a rotation that doesn't even keep them competitive into the fifth and sixth innings of games. Their bullpen is good enough to win games in the back half of the games. It's not good enough to pitch nine innings every night. No bullpen is good enough. The Yankees don't have starters to get them to the bullpen right now. And you say, okay, Tanaka's going to turn it on. Tanaka's a 479 ERA pitcher this year. So, yes, he's pitched great in the playoffs in the past. He's, he pitched great in the 2017 playoffs, and he pitched fine, good enough to get a win in the 2018 playoffs in the one game he pitched. Who's to say he's going to turn his 470 ERA into a 2 ERA in the playoffs? Why are we automatically assuming that's going to happen? Because right now he's not pitching well. James Paxson is inconsistent as hell. I don't trust him one bit. Luis Severino is injured. He's injured right now. He's, de- he's definitely injured. He's on the injured list. J- J-Hap's not getting a start in the playoffs. He might. He's probably their best starter right now. He, Sabathia. He's, he's been better. 
Sabathia just had another injection in his knee. All right, I'm looking. They up need something to, to add. To you. They need to add. What I'm saying is, they need to add. They needed to add quality pitchers to this rotation so you can go into a playoff series and just get to the bullpen. Because even if you say, "Oh, we're going to go three starters and then bullpen the other game," fine. So you're bullpenning one of the games. That means one or two of your other starters need to pitch deeper into a game than or, than they ordinarily would have. You can't go three and a third, four and a third innings every night. I, I it's totally not agree. Going with you. to work, but at the same time, I'm looking at guys that that go through struggles and guys. Okay, Jeff Samarja, you like him? You see a good pitcher? I haven't looked at his stats. He's not a good pitcher. He's never. He's been. He's been a terrible pitcher for a long time. The guy. The guy can't go. He, I don't want him because I can't spell his last it, name. It's fine. But my point is, this is a guy that's like. He he's never been good. He's never been. He's he's a five ERA, a four some ERA. But you know what he did in July? He went three and one with a two point four eight, and was uh, limited limited all of the walks, limited home runs. Was like a different guy. Like, oh, okay, so you're oh, banking so, on the Yankees so now, rotation getting hot in October. So now I'm going to take hot so against the best I'm gonna, offensive I'm gonna, I'm gonna teams go out in baseball and, and say that Jeff Samarja is a guy that I can lean on for the playoffs and a and a and a, and a contending run because he's what? been that good in July. That's what what's happening right now. About? It's the what opposite. What are you talking about? It's the opposite of that. It's taking a guy that's been shit his whole career and he had a good month. So let's no. just bank on that then. I'm that's not saying that. Right? I just gave you Tanaka for the full season is a 470 ERA. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying July. He was a 479 ERA because of that 12 spot. It was the, it changed oh, a lot. Oh, because of the 12 yeah. spot. No, it was it was 4.4 before the 12 <laughs> spot. So take out the 12 spot. You want to take out the London start too? Okay, so we're going to take out all of the games he's pitched against Boston. Yeah. Only maybe the number one competition other than Houston you're going to face in the playoffs. Let's pretend he never pitched against Boston because that's too scary. <laughs> the thing is is we have guys right now that if you look at who was available and the um I mean I I don't think Bauer was reachable and I the way that Stroman went down to the Mets, I don't think he was reachable unless you gave up Frazier and Garcia and I don't even like doing that. Like I, I'm glad he didn't do that. I'm glad. I'm glad he didn't do that because I don't really trust Marcus Stroman. So the fact that he flipped and now wants to be a Met and is all like, oh, yeah, all Mets. I've always wanted to be nah, a Met. He like, doesn't want to be what? a Met. You know what? Let's just relax a little bit. He's pissed off. Let's relax a little bit. I don't, I don't trust <laughs> no you. No one wants to be a I don't Met. trust you anymore, uh, even more Except now. Except Todd Frazier. So, you know, you're, you're looking at these guys and I, I just don't uh, – unless that, that Bumgarner that everybody thinks is this ace guy who hasn't pitched into the eighth inning, by the way, has not recorded one out. Jeff Samarja is the only guy on the San Francisco Giants who has recorded an out in the eighth inning. But we wanted to give up everybody for, for, for Madison Bumgarner. Well, he wasn't available. Who, I'm sorry. What it, he wasn't okay, there. You're also making up things. No, I actually read that because I was looking up Samarja earlier and then I saw his contract. I'm like, I want nothing to do with that. No, but you need pitchers who are better than – Sabathia and Hap right now. I think Hap's going to be just fine. I, I still think he's going to be fine. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. And you loved what you saw on. Uh, yeah, I thought Tuesday he looked. Oh yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, he actually looked good. There was a lot of really mm-hmm. soft contact in that first inning that mm-hmm. was just a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, he also and yeah, hung he a couple changeups and threw a couple fastballs in the middle of the zone that got pounded. And also, he should have given up more than three runs if it weren't for the friggin' idiot batter who uh, interfered with uh, Higgy at the plate. Should have been four or five runs in that game. I mean, that would have been an out. But J-Hap's not going to get a start in the playoffs. I, I don't care. And if Look, they I, start if, J-Hap in the playoffs, they're stupid. If they start J-Hap in the playoffs, then something else is going on. But um, the thing is, right now, we have to look at what's on this roster. That's it. 
There's nothing else to do. I, I mean, no, I'm not done bitching there, about this trade There's nothing else to do but yet. looking forward. We're and, only and looking at these 20 guys. minutes into this podcast. I have at least another 20 minutes of venting about this I'm, because they also could have gone out there and uh, traded for Zach Greinke, who got traded to the Astros today. The, well, they may. If, if Zach Greinke agreed on a no trade, then possibly, yeah. Okay, fine. If, 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 they, if they had that same deal for Houston, I put out a hypothetical on Twitter. I was asking... If um you, if if hypothetically you would sign Zach Greinke today or beginning of the season, two years, eighteen million dollars, would you sign that deal? Uh, I'm sorry, per per year. And in my head, I'm thinking like eighteen to twenty two. I probably should have posed it as twenty two, so it was a little higher. But twenty two uh, would get the job done. Would get the deal done to like take on money because you're gonna. They want to shed that contract. They want to shed yeah. that contract, and you probably won't have to give up that much. Probably some lower level prospects. And that's exactly what happened. They're paying, what, $21, $22 million for the next two and a half years, 2.4 years, whatever you want to do it. It's $53 million total. Comes out to $53 million for the rest of Granke's contract, which is about two years plus two months. Comes out to $22-ish million a year yeah. for Zach Granke, who's not going to be their ace. He's going to be pitching behind Verlander and Cole. So he's their number three starter. Right, but that's also, that's this year, and then you have him for the year after that and the year after that. So there's, yep. there's, there's a bit of a relationship there as well. But at the same time, like I'm doing that all day long because I'm looking at these contracts now for starting pitchers, and I know what Zach Greinke is. Like as a pitcher, he's an effective pitcher. I don't. He, he's going to age well. He's got 97 pitches. He could throw an Ephus pitch for a strike. He could throw a he fastball. He hasn't been throwing hard for like four. No, years it doesn't now. matter. He's like Mike Mussina. He could go out there and compete for forever. And uh, so I'm fine with that guy. Like that guy can get depth and and pitch a ton of innings. Like the whole off the field stuff, like I don't know if that's a real thing anymore. Could have been. Maybe it is, but he also has a very firm uh, ironclad no trade clause, and he had to agree to go to any deal. So if if he agreed to go to the Yankees, if we hear that he agreed and signed it off and like I will go to the Yankees, that to me is a big missed opportunity because you're just talking about money at that point, and you're getting a guy like Zach Granke who would really stabilize this rotation. Yeah, the Astros gave up. In their organization, number three, four, and five prospects, but they, none of those guys were ranked in the top 100 anywhere. And scouts have said this is not a big impact on either the Houston system in a negative way or a, that big of a positive impact on the D Diamondbacks. This was a, a money deal. Dump. It was a money deal. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, Granke had to say yes to wherever he was going. And yeah. if, if it does come out that he said yes to the Yankees and they didn't do that deal, then I got I got some major beef with that because to me that's that's just a money deal and the prospects that you were going to give up for him probably weren't going to work out anyway. Even if they work out, don't matter. It, it doesn't it matter because you, we you can get value for for Grinky over the next two plus years. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> maybe I am overreacting to the trade deadline, but I think that's valid, don't you? It's don't valid you think because it there was valid? no there was nothing done. There was nothing done. There right. was no There was a single A pitcher acquired. And I honestly just think that is so they didn't go over on the scoreboard. Over on, on the luxury tax. No, no. Over on the scoreboard. Oh, over like, on the scoreboard. Like, like there's absolutely no deals made. So they can't say the Yankees made absolutely no deals. No, they acquired left-handed pitcher Alfredo Garcia from the Rockies in exchange for Joseph Harvey. Wee! Like, it doesn't matter. That's not going to affect anything. So that is a that is a non deal in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's a, they it's did a, nothing at this trade deadline. No, they did they did absolutely nothing at this trade deadline. There's no, you can't. 
that deal doesn't count. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm very surprised they didn't go out and, and bolster the, the bullpen and get more arms. Right, that that's was a the, very that was logical a, backup plan, yeah, right? Yes. You don't get a starting pitcher, add a quality bullpen. The arm. thing There's that we've been talking about arms out there. was that Cashman, and he's been vocal about this, and I thought, I firmly believe that this was the plan, was that if the starters, if the market for the starters became too much or it became uh, you know, too competitive or too weird like it did this year, then you're going to look at some of these bullpen pieces and try to secure somebody who can effectively help your team as a quality arm. Because of the way we've seen the, the, the success, the path to success in the playoffs recently, when you look at Boston, you look at Houston, has been quality arms. I don't care if you're a starter. I don't care if you're a reliever. It doesn't matter. You're going to pitch at some point. Even, even the timing of when you pitch is going to be different. Throw the quality arms out there, and good things have happened. And, um, you know, they didn't, they didn't add anybody. And, and if you, if you, maybe people don't think Shane Green was the guy. Uh, Mark Melanson, like two former Yankees, by the way, uh, coming out there and going to the Braves to, to you know, help their bullpen. A lot of people thought, a lot of the, uh, the, the nerds out there were looking at Shane Green's numbers and were like, oh, something, he's going to turn at some point. Like, these numbers are looking a little too good. He's really not that guy. Um, maybe that's the case. Maybe the, the baseball analytics department of the Yankees said that, and, and they were sitting on that. You know, they obviously didn't see it. They they didn't see the the move for for a reliever either, and uh, I really I really think that Cashman is a little gun shy. I think he's afraid to make the wrong move after the last couple deadlines. I don't. He needed to be a hundred percent sold. Obviously, he wasn't a hundred percent sold on anyone. Which you can say, okay, as a GM, if you're not a hundred percent sold, don't don't trade anyone away. I understand that. But you have to take a little bit of risk with the roster they have right now. The, pro- the, the problem with some of these guys is the risk was high on, on, the, on, the, um, on the pitching side. And the way, what they were asking for for Robbie Ray is ludicrous. The, the, you know, they're, they're asking for— That's what we know they were asking for. After what we saw—I we saw, can't get over this Stroman deal. What we saw Stroman go to the Mets for— That's the that deal is, that, that kills me. Pe- that's peanuts. That is nothing. Again, two— We uh, compared three, it to— four what was five. It? Four and five it, guys. Uh, what was it like, uh, Luis Gill and uh, Abreu. Loisica? or Abreu, or Abreu, something like that? Yeah, I, that, that's the prospects for. That doesn't seem like that much, and that's what leads me to believe down the path. Puts my head down the path that the, the Toronto Blue Jays did not want to make the trade with the uh, with the Yankees. But you're saying no one else would have offered him that. I, I I don't know what the other ones offered. I mean, you know, I I don't really give a shit. Um, what I'm looking at is what what the Yankees and 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 the um the Mets and who was actually talking to them, and the fact that they asked for guys like Garcia and Frazier in that same deal in the same freaking breath they asked for the four and five prospects from the goddamn Mets doesn't make sense. It does make um, sense if you take into consideration the American League East. That's the only thing that makes sense. And if that and if that's what they did, fine. You know, like that's their prerogative. They wanted but to the sell. Twin, the Twins were the also in on him. The Astros were in on him. There's other teams in on him. Again, I don't know what they've what they were offering. Uh, I don't know what reports are real and what are not. So you know, a lot of these guys don't like to show their hands afterwards or, or even show the true hand. So who the hell really knows? Very weird trade. Maybe they just wanted right? to ship Stroman to the Mets because they didn't like him. That's what I was saying. Maybe the Indians they're shipping these guys to purgatory because they personally don't like them and they're getting remotely decent deals. Even though I don't Maybe think the Strowman deal is remotely decent. No. Uh, I. Uh, this is also the same organization that uh, traded uh, R.A. Uh, Dickey for... Um, Syndergaard. For Syndergaard. And, and Darno. And Darno was in that deal too, yeah. 
Yeah. So let's, there's, there's a, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a history of the Mets fleecing the Blue Jays. I that guess. was, that was a different gym though. That was Anthopolis. I know, but you know, we're looking at R.A. Dickey coming off of a Cy Young. We're like, oh yeah. Everybody else is looking at it like, what are you doing? Still R.A. Dickey. Like he got lucky. He throws a knuckleball. <laughs> Cy Young winner. Cy Young winner. So dumb. I, I think there's a lot of fans pissed off right now. Oh, there are. They're very mad. I think I think it's valid. Sometimes I think fans overreact. Sometimes I think that you and I try and take a step back and analyze things and try and take a, a logical approach to, to it. But I'm having a hard time doing that with the approach at this deadline. The approach being Cashman saying, we didn't like the way things were shaking out. We weren't comfortable giving up uh, the asking price. We are going. To, we feel comfortable about acquiring guys from our disabled list. First of all, injured list, bro. It's 2019. You got you to be politically correct. Second of all, yeah, we've, we've got nailed for that. That is way too risky to assume Dylan Patances and Seve are coming back healthy. That is way too big of a risk. Well, one, they, they know more than we do, obviously, about the, uh, the medicals and, and how these guys are progressing. So that very well could play into what these decisions, part of these decisions. So that is definitely something. And if, you're, if you do trust in Cashman, if you do think that the plan was, was to um, go out there and make this team better, but not at, at too high of a cost, then you got to believe that those that they they have a you know a, a relatively high level of confidence that these guys are going to come back. I mean, I have to believe that. If these guys don't come back, then you know we got bigger issues too because then there's there's issues with you know the medical staff on on, on assessing the injuries and and how they brought them back. A bunch of things that, that come into play for that. So um, there it, it goes deeper, and there's still time to tell uh, you know on how this thing shakes out, but. I just don't, I don't know who the guy would have been that was available because to me right now when I'm looking at what happened, I don't think Bauer was available and I don't think Stroman was available. So now I take those two guys off the board and I'm looking at the rest of the um, the dog shit that was out there and I don't think any of those guys would have made anybody would have made the Yankees happy because Granky Granky probably most likely did not waive that trade deadline like that's the guy trade uh, trade trade uh, what. What, what is it? He's got a trade. <laughs> no trade. No trade clause. Thank you. Jesus you said about, about a seizure. What the hell is going on over there? Yeah, I got too many things but in my head. This is when right you now. go. This is when you go to the Blue Jays and make them make them an offer you can't refuse. I don't want to make the Blue Jays an offer they can't refuse. I don't want if it's the to go between... to give them Clint Frazier, who could possibly be a starter in left field for the next eight nine years of of his career and be a really good player for the New York Yankees, who has an aging left fielder right now, probably won't be back with the team. Oh, and then also a guy that potentially. Uh, the like the, the 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 guy that they see is like a comp is the guy you're trading for and maybe that could happen next year and the guy that you're trading for has been inconsistent don't really trust him I, I have a lot of flags with that one as well and trading him in the division like there's a lot of things there that I don't want to give them an offer they can't refuse for a guy like Stroman sorry don't Devi Garcia started the year in single A that doesn't mean anything to me it does mean something he. There is virtually no precedent for a guy starting in single A and coming up to the majors and helping the major league roster in that same season. <laughs> Fine, but there's also another guy in that deal for, uh, for, for the future. You still have to look at the future as well. You have to. If you're not looking at the future, if you're just saying, forget the future, only right now, right this very second, then it's short-sighted. I'm sorry, but it is. You have to, you have to throw as many cards in there so that you can uh you know you can you can have your odds raised 
Not one guy doesn't always make the difference. I don't think that Marcus Stroman was guaranteeing a World Series. He wasn't. No, but you it know doesn't what a, fix you, the rest of the pitching problems. No, but you know what a an acquisition can do for a roster. I also kind of know what an acquisition, a non-acquisition do. How about how about the fact that now these guys are like, oh, you know what? They didn't make a deal because they think we're good. They think they were good enough. How about that? How about I spin that little spin zone for you in the sense that, oh, guess what, guys? We believe in you. We're not making this deal. We didn't think that any of you guys uh, were worth what we didn't think they were worth giving up any of you guys. We believe in you more. Let's go to war. Mm -hmm. Let's let's run through a goddamn wall. That's dumb. It's not dumb. The injury bug just keeps on biting. Voigt goes on the I.L., he might need surgery for a I think we're arena. I think we're going to have problems here. I think we're going to have problems here, man. So he had this injury in London, core muscle injury, came back after the All-Star break. Hasn't necessarily looked right. He was grimacing on Tuesday night after a swing, left the game. News is he's going to be evaluated and might need surgery. I don't know if he needs surgery. If he does, it's six weeks. Okay, so if he doesn't need surgery, that just means he needs some rest for it to get, quote, better. That shit does not get better. That's that's a sports let's hear hernia. It, Doc. I mean, let's that's what it is. To, let's go if, to the office. If anybody knows what a sports hernia is, it's literally a torn muscle or a torn um, soft tissue, something off of your pubic bone. That's what it is. Oh. It you it's your bone, it's your muscle or ligament ripped off of your pubic bone. Can you imagine trying to swing a bat like that in discomfort? Like you need time for that to go away, and unless it goes away completely, it's coming back. Who knows if it would... They weren't calling it a sports hernia after uh, after London, so... No, it was core, core muscle injury. So theoretically, it got worse, right? Now we have a tear. Now we have... Could it be different? Could a core muscle injury be different than a I think they could be diagnosed. Hernia? Uh, they're in the same region, so, you know, like, it, it, one could have been connected to the other. Like, all of that is connected. It goes down into the thigh as well. It can go down into your leg, up your back. Like, all that area could be inflamed. Yeah, and... and it, de- it doesn't seem like something that is easy to rehab. No, it's not. It's time. You need time or surgery and time. Both take time, unfortunately. And if we're seeing so, Luke Voigt come back with this and it's a nagging injury and he's a power guy, this is going to be a problem. He's been striking out a lot lately. and Looking, too. Looking and swinging. Like, he just hasn't looked like the same guy. We're going to see him struggle. It's going to be a problem. So, I, so the first base situation is... Well, thank God so we got Encarnacion. How about is it? Right. What about Brian Cashman's uh, credit for going out early and getting a guy like Encarnacion? Because that was also a move that nobody will talk about, and it's still a trade well, deadline it, move. At the time, it looked like a luxury. It looked like something they didn't even need, and now it's turning out to be something they desperately need. Someone you can play at first base, and then if you can get other guys back, like Mm-mm. Giancarlo back, he could be a, oh, I thought, a DH. I thought you were going to go what? another route there, Greg Bird. <laughs> I thought you were going to go to Greg Bird. No, no, no. Do you see the, the update on Greg Bird? Plantar fasciitis again, still. No. No baseball activities for Mr. Greg Bird. Yeah. What a... Of course. <laughs> God, God forbid. God forbid you, you try to get loser. ready and be ready when the moment is, no. is ripe. Nope. Anyone, anyone who still thinks Greg Bird is a thing is wrong. Yeah. Mike Moustakas is raking. They have LeMahieu, too, who's been day-to-day... I thought LeMahieu was going like to run through a wall after – run through Aaron Boone's wall of his office after he saw Voigt go on the I.L. and say, you're putting me in this lineup tomorrow. Yeah. He didn't – they gave him the extra days off, like we said. Probably give him Wednesday off, too, to get him extended rest before the Red Sox series. But I fully expect him to be in the lineup this weekend. I do, too. Uh, he, he's already talked about that he's ready, uh, and Boone has been they've, – they've all been pretty – 
forthcoming with the whole situation. Like they're they're literally just using what the schedule is giving them, and, and that's two extra off days for him to be right because they need him to be right. He is a needed player on this team. We cannot mess around with him. Uh, anything lingering because he's so important. And now, especially with Voight being down. Voight out. He's your first baseman. Urshel is your third baseman. And Encarnacion is your other first baseman slash DH. <clears throat> and with Stanton, I mentioned him briefly. You remember when Cashman said August is the sweet spot for Stanton? Yeah. Still no baseball activities and we're August 1st. I mean, the last time that he had no baseball activities, he came back pretty quick too, though. So uh, it does seem like he doesn't need a lot of time to get back into the into the Bronx, but and that worked out so well last time. I know, I know, but again, there he, he came up pretty quick. I, I think it's just a giant mystery what the hell is happening with him. Honestly, I think it's a, I think it's a huge mystery. Is it any more of a mystery than Betances and Severino, guys that they're banking on coming back and helping the pitching staff? Because Cause, yeah, because we, do we even a, really know what's wrong with Stanton? Do we like actually know what the injury is? Uh, last they said was a calf muscle. That's what I'm saying. It's floated around a couple of times. He's felt it in the front of his leg, the back of his leg. He's felt it in, you know, he's felt it all over. There's, there's, but he's again, got hip stiffness. August. He's got like, there's things happening. I don't, I don't even know what's really happening. I think there's just like a, a giant cloud around that whole situation. We're August 1st and those two pitchers have not thrown off a mound yet. No, but they're very close chances. to throwing off a mound. I mean, they're talking about Severino throwing off a mound next week. So there's, these guys are ready. They're, they're getting ready. And I think they're again now just, just making sure that they're ready. Hopefully they'll do an MRI before, you know, make sure that that's all clean and not, <laughs> and not wait done yet. And not you wait. That's been done yet. I hope it was done. I hope they are not waiting till after the throwing program to do the MRI. Can uh, we learn from our mistakes? About, you want to talk about these Arizona games? <sighs> God. Does it, it does it even seem important? Yes, it's important because we had to win another game. We had, to, we had to split with these guys. We had to win going well, into this ball They lost series. three out of four this year to the Diamondbacks. That's fine. They split the series. They split. They got swept in one series and split the other. They came into Tuesday night facing Taylor Clark, who came into the game with a 610 ERA, a 633 FIP, and a 73 ERA+. plus. He's a bad pitcher. No way to spin it. He is a bad pitcher, and the Yankees didn't hit him. Yeah. I mean, did you watch the pitches that were coming out of his hand? Didn't look like he was a bad pitcher, though. I mean, the numbers say he is a bad pitcher. He just came back from a paternity leave, right? So now he's got some newfound confidence. Got to show up for his boy. He's got some, uh, not some new motivation now. Tanaka pitched well after he had a kid, too. There you go. See, it's a thing. You know, you get, you get that little uh, jolt. Can of all of the Yankees pitchers go have kids? Get busy? <laughs> the, um, I mean, he didn't pitch that way. The, uh, he had some good action no, on his I ball. Mean, like, obviously, he looked better than his stats yeah. show, but. All I can do is look at his stats over the, over this season, and he's been bad. Yeah, it's puzzling when you see the stats, and then you see the guy that shows up and, and starts throwing against you. So, um, there's nothing, not much to say about that. The kid pitched out of his mind, I think, for the start, and uh, and was good. And tip of the cap, one of those things, you know. Tyler Wade hit a home run. Yeah, 410 feet. That's no cheapy. That's a. It was 410. Yeah. Damn. Second home run of his career. I thought it was his first. I couldn't remember his first. Yeah, that's a bomb. I feel like yeah. that. I feel like the measuring of that that home run in the right field is a little inaccurate, though. It's a little, a little shady. I I saw it on Twitter, so yeah. <laughs> you know, take it for a grain of salt for what it is. Didn't feel but like Hap, a four hundred and ten foot home run. Hap was good enough. I gave Hap shit earlier, but he was good enough to win this game. He gave up three runs over six innings. Like I said, it could have been more because of that interference play in the fourth inning. But that is what Hap we thought Hap was going to be—a pitcher that gives you a chance to win. 
He hadn't been that for a long time. Maybe this is the start of something good to come. I don't know. The Diamondbacks aren't a great team. I still thought he didn't look great. He missed locations a bunch with his fastball. Uh, the Yes Network zoomed. They, they really made a point of it. There was a, a play where Higgy was set up inside. They were trying to go up and in on a batter, and the ball was way out over the plate. O'Neill called it out. I think it went for a double or something. Yeah, O'Neill was calling that all, all day. All, all series, really, he was calling out those pitches. Um, I like when he does that, actually. I like when, he, when I see that, that side of things as a, a batter when you know he's missing a lot. The, um, so I, I heard the post game as well. I was listening to that. I think it was Jack Curry who was asking him questions. Somebody was asking him a lot of questions. And I thought it was Jack Curry because it, like, it sounded like he just wrote a book with David Cohn is what it sounded like. And he was asking him <laughs> all sorts of mechanical questions and really diving into it. And I thought it was an interesting conversation because Hap was talking about the mechanical changes that he has made with the fastball. And that he has made some changes and that he feels that some of these changes um, are, are, he can feel them and they're good. And they're not necessarily ones that you would notice, but, but ones that he can feel. And he was specifically talking about his hips, um, you know, coming through and opening up in a certain way uh, and that he could feel that coming through and it's helping him, you know, whether it's, you know, extend the fastball or uh, locate the fastball better, whatever it is. But he's feeling better. That's a good thing. Look, we need him to be an effective pitcher down the stretch. Um, and, and I think that, like, like you said, if we could get this guy going out, throwing six, giving us six innings on a, on a relatively consistent basis, like, I think that's a huge, huge deal. And I think he could do that. Um, so yeah, most of the time that's good enough to win. Right. Right. And I mean, yeah, exactly. He put himself. And again, the, the first inning, there were a lot of real, there was a lot of soft contact against him. And I know, I think he only limited it to one run, but one run sack fly. Yeah. So it was, um, he pitched out of it, but uh, it was a lot of soft contact. The base runners were, you know, to me. Weren't, a, weren't, weren't indicative in how he's pitching. One thing I didn't love in this game is that it was a 3-1 to one game and then Boone used Sessa to come in. Like, the bullpen was off on Monday. The bullpen's off on Thursday. And you're using Sessa in a game that you can easily win. I mean, he didn't pitch badly. Give up a run. Give up one run. Okay. All right, Chad Green gave up a run today. Adovino's given up runs plenty of times. I mean, okay. it's not like it's not like he didn't pitch well. I mean, what are we killing? Here? You don't think there's like what a, are we killing? Annoying, here? The fact that he pitched there's well. There's no annoying formula here where if the Yankees are leading in a game or tied in a game, it's one thing, and then if they're just because they're down one or two runs, it automatically means end of your bullpen. No, I th- I think it's a uh, Boone has been all over the place with that. He hasn't really shown that it's totally consistent. No, nah, usually when they're down in a game, you don't see the big guys. Well, and Hale also went on the DL IL. By the way, with a, a yeah. with a, a spinal, it sounded like he's got like a, a inflamed back, and it's, it's something about the uh, the spinal. I don't know what the hell it was. It sounded like pressure on the spine. It sounds like you have a bad back, and it's putting pressure on your spine, and that's that's cause for concern. I'm like, that's a lot. You need rest for that one. You got to let that heal up. But the fact that David Hale is not available, uh, that's a problem for for what this team is now because he's been good. He has. So there are yeah, pieces kinda- that are missing, and and he wanted to. Um, you know, if you're using guys on if you're using guys on Tuesday, using guys on Wednesday, then potentially there's someone or, that may not be available for Friday night against Boston. No, yeah, that's the counter argument that they're playing 19 games in 17 days upcoming. Yeah, they've got the doubleheader this weekend against the Red Sox, then a doubleheader in a couple of weeks against Boston. And Sessa's been pitching much better as of late. Yeah, it just it just sits. You a just don't wrong like the name. Me. You don't like the name coming in. I just don't like the fact that just because the team is down, it means one thing. When you have to read the game situation, and they could have won that game. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but to to the credit of everybody involved, Luis Cesar pitched well. So, you know, 
I think as big of anything is the fact that today in this afternoon's game, the Yankees did not trust Tanaka to get out of a fifth inning. Because he, he was getting hit hard. That's why. There was there, the, the inning before that, that. The inning before that, he also had a couple of leadoff, uh, leadoff walks. Um, I know he got out of the inning, but he got lucky as well. He was leaving balls over the plate that were, they were not taking advantage of it. I know you were at the game, so you probably couldn't see as well from where you were in center field. I was in center field. So y- y- there were there were a lot of pitches that were left over the plate. Like he was he was losing it. You could a lot see of that. line drives. I could. I'm not talking about a- like they didn't have the confidence for him. What they did is they saw that he was not being effective and he was putting the ball over the plate, and that's why they took him out. What does that tell you though about Tanaka? You're so confident he's going to turn it on in the playoffs. Well, I'm, I'm not confident been- he's going to turn it on in the playoffs. I'm confident he's going to turn it on in the second half of the season. That he's going to be now better. In the second half of the season. Yes, I know, but I'm. Th- I just I can't sit here and say that that's Tanaka. I'm sorry, I can't, because it's not. It is right now. He's in a, he's in a he's in a slump, but that's what it is. It's a slump. It's a it's a bad time for him. He'll get good again. He'll be good again. No, I mean the reality is it's that gonna, this it's pitching, ebb and flow. This pitching skid came at the worst time for the Yankees. Did it? And if and if what did it? Maybe I would I would rather it come now than in well uh, okay, in September. For, well, okay, yeah, obviously, but as far as so far in the season, they went on a nice little run at one point earlier in the year. In, in May and June, they were on a nice little run as far as pitching goes. Now, right before the deadline, they're getting their teeth kicked in. It's, ba- it's bad for perception. It causes people, myself included, to freak out over the fact that this pitching staff is not good enough. But, but, Here's- I think you have to balance everything. And you have to look at the entire season. There is what? something that, that everybody needs to understand, I think. The Yankees don't give a shit what we think. The Yankees don't give a shit what the fans are yelling and screaming about. You know why? Because you're still going to watch the freaking game. You're still going to go to the what game. What if I don't? You're, you're going what if to. I, what they if can, I boycott? They don't care about public perception on how somebody's pitching this at a certain time. This is not public perception. Yeah, that's what it's you not just public said. perception. It's it's also for Cashman. It's real tangible things for Cashman when he's going to other teams and looking for pitching it help. Didn't and they're it, saying that didn't affect des- it. Though. Oh, it could have. It's I don't think could it could have. Then no. if anything, it would have made it. It would have. It would have helped him go out and get a guy. No, it would have made uh, teams ask for more because he they think that he's desperate. Okay, but he still could have gotten out and got him. That he still sees. He but still he sees that he didn't want to pay more. Right, because he believes that Tanaka is not that guy. He could not go. In, he could not look another GM in the face or talk to him over the phone and say, "We're good with what we have." Because those other GMs would say, "Bullshit! No, you are not. Your pitching stinks." The Yankees are up eight games right now. Eight games. They got some. I don't they, they care can figure that, the that out. You should eight, care eight because games. that's important. I don't. That's important. I really don't care that the Yankees are up eight games. All they have to do is keep this AL East lead and effectively. Mm-hmm. Make their pitching better, and I think they have the personnel to do it. Oh, <laughs> they have to make their pitching better. Yes, they Too have to. Too bad there wasn't a date in the season that allowed them to add pitching. Look, I'm disappointed that they didn't get pitching as well. I, I think they should have, but you know what? Wasn't in the cards. Apparently, <laughs> wasn't in the cards. So the stars didn't align. Guess what's going to happen? We're going to win. We, we got Edwin Encarnacion, which I forgot about, which now I'm going to um, really sell as a, uh, as a Brian Cashman hey, move. Is he, is he a... It's considered a, is that's he, a, that's is a trade start, deadline move. Does he start? Does he... Was he a lefty or is he a righty pitcher? Oh, oh, he, neither. Okay. Uh, okay. The, uh, he's, he'll mash and, and effectively uh, 
you know, he'll just win games on that. On yeah, that side because that's how you win ball games in October is mashing. Everyone knows that. You do. I mean, you could watch the Dodgers in the Houston series in the World Series. You know, they mm-hmm. hit the ball. Those guys had no pitching. They they didn't. They were balls flying out mm-hmm. at record levels. I couldn't. I can't think of one starter on either. Oh yeah, because Kershaw's stats. bigger. Because Kershaw's really led the uh, the Dodgers to a World Series championship, right? Why didn't they just go out and get a Clayton Kershaw type guy? So you know, probably uh, definitely a Hall of Famer. Probably going down as one of the best pitchers of our era. Can't win a game in the in the postseason. But you know. They should probably give up their entire farm system for a guy like that. Or let's just find a guy that used to do it, and we'll give up the farm system for him. Oh, but he's not available. So now let's just go to the next guy and give up the farm system for him because we need it so badly, so we're just going to give it up for anybody. When's the last time the Yankees were in the World Series? It, the thing is, there's no given. That's my point. That's, that, that's of the point of there's no thing. given. But what there are you too do many is put that, yourself that think, in the best situation possible. Right. The Yankees have not put themselves in the best situation possible. I think the way that the cards were, again, I trust Cashman. I do. Maybe I'm a, a few and far between in moments like this, but that's fine. No, I think I'll, most I'll, people I'll trust li- Cashman. I don't, think, I, don't distru- I don't distrust I'll Cashman. live on an island with this because I do. I think that I, I also trust some of his non-moves too, though. I, I don't blame him for some of these non-moves. I just don't. Uh, I look at it as a as reasonable. Um, yeah, some of the best trades you make are tra- some of the best trades you make are the ones you don't make. Like when they didn't want to trade Luis Severino, I get that. And maybe we're going to look back in the year 2027 and say, "Thank God the Yankees did not trade Deve Garcia for Marcus Stroman." But you can't sit here now and say that. No, but Clint Frazier was also in that deal. And I can say that Clint Frazier okay, very I, possibly I, I could be a shocked, left fielder for the next five years. I am years, shocked years. that Clint Frazier is still on this roster because I thought he was going to be moved. But I think what we're finding out is that maybe teams didn't want Clint Frazier I think pe- for, I think, for certain reasons. I think that's what made these deals uh, too, too, uh, too rich for Cashman's blood, honestly. I think the fact that there was some discrepancy in uh, the value of Clint Frazier because of some of the off-field things... What that did is it added other prospects that were important to the Yankees to be included in these deals as as uh, as insurance policies for Clint Frazier going bonkers and throwing balls over center field walls, or, right. or, or yelling Clint at people, Frazier, or doing whatever. We thought we thought Frazier would be enough to get a pitcher, right. and and teams were saying no, it's not enough. It's too much risk, too much of a risk. And when Cashman's looking at that, he he sees the he knows the player, he sees the player, and he does he says, you know what. I'm going to mend this relationship. I'm going to build him up. Maybe I trade him in the offseason. Maybe, uh, but I'm not trading him right now for this diminished value that these guys are offering me. Because you know what? He's not going to get played. Speaking of Clint Frazier, you see his tweets this week? Yeah. I saw the latest one for the the Toy Story one. It was pretty funny. The Toy Story tweet where he's still here. It's got, uh, what's this? Is that Woody? Woody, yeah. Yeah, Woody. Woody walking out uh, saying, I'm still here. And then he had a, a gibberish tweet on the 29th where he just typed a bunch of letters and people thought that meant he was getting traded. People just look at things and, and think whatever they want. <laughs> they just, and that he knows that too. He's definitely trolling Yankees, uh, Yankees fans on that trolling. Everybody. I think he is trolling as well. I think he's doing it for attention, oh. which I think is part of the problem. Well, that's, I mean, that's what social media is for, isn't it? Isn't it for attention? Look at me. Um, I guess so. When you put it that way, <laughs> that's literally the reason for it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I look, Cashman's not going to get played out and, and try and try to get and a guy coming in and um, and take advantage of him. It's not going to happen. It's not that guy. We're the New York goddamn Yankees. You're not coming in and just and 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 trying to push us around to get 
for us to get some uh, second road, second of the second level starter and act like he's a he's a freaking ace. No, sorry. Uh, two weeks ago, did you say that Bauer was a second level starter, or Granky was a second level starter, or Stroman was a second level? I told starter? you my thoughts on Granky. If the Granky thing comes out where he approved a trade to the Yankees, then I got big problems with that. The other two, I do not think. No, I didn't say that Bauer was a top starter. I think he's like a number two. But yeah, he's he's a very good starter. There's no doubt. Um, and Marcus Stroman, I see him more as like a three. Well, he's better than any of the starters on the Yankees right now. Maybe. He's inconsistent no, too, though. No, definitely. Again, uh, if you want to I look at the last week, full, okay, I don't think you fully appreciate how bad the Yankees starting pitching has been this season. I've given the numbers on the last three podcasts. By every metric, they are a bad starting rotation. Yeah. I hear you. I'm not just talking about the first, the last 10 days. Yes, I know the last 10 days warp things, but overall, they're a bad starting rotation. I hear you. I just don't think okay. that we had a difference maker out there that was worth the, worth the cost. You say difference maker. People could have helped. There's pitchers that could have helped. Again, you're talking about a bad rotation, a bad staff, a bad rotation, right? The, the, all of them are bad. Literally, all of Let, them are bad. So what's what's it what's it going to do going out there and getting one guy that might be okay that, that might be a, the uh, you know a number three everywhere else? How is that going to help you win a World Series? It's not. If everybody else can. is bad, it can but because maybe. But in your world, everybody else is bad too. So who gives a shit? Why are you going to spend that money when you you're 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 fighting a battle that's that can't oh, be so won? You're, you're giving up. No, you're I'm saying up. I'm going to battle with the guys that I have, and I'm not going to overpay for some bullshit that people are selling me that my rotation is that terrible. I don't think they're that bad. I think that there's a lot of room for improvement, absolutely. But I think that these guys all have the ability and have shown the ability that they can do it. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at these guys. I'm looking at their better times, and they're not that far away from those times. Now they got to show it. Now they got to prove it. Now the the um, the Yankees have said, "Look, this is the moves we did. We did nothing. You guys have to be the ones. We've given you the contracts. We've made trades for you. You got to do it." All right. This is this is uh, now it's the New York Yankees against the fucking world. Let's go. I think this is going to be a very interesting look back deadline in three months, in a year, in three years. It's going to be a very interesting deadline to look back on. If Debbie Garcia pitches two more, let's say he gets like two or three more starts, right? In in um, in Scranton. Does well. We see him limiting his walks. Like I think that's what they're trying to see, right? They're they're trying to see his confidence, the walks, maybe some strikeouts, like all the things they're looking for for him to say, okay, that he could compete on the next level. And I think honestly, I think uh, him being around the plate is probably the most important thing. If he if he can do that, I'm not saying he's going to come up and be a starter. I don't even know if he's going to be starter, but I don't think it matters. Do you see the fact that Debbie Garcia could come up here and be a, a, a two to three inning guy and significantly help this team? Because I do. He started in single A this year. I don't think you can assume that. How, I'm not assuming that. I'm looking at a guy who's gone from single A to triple A and dominated and who was in double A for, oh, for a, a, a second and went into triple A. They've seen him. Oh, What they did is they said, oh, you're better than this. You're better than this. Now you're in triple A. Uh, so that's what we're looking at. We're not looking at a he's guy 20. that was in single A. We're looking at a guy that's in triple A currently. That's what I'm looking he's, at. He's 20 years old. I don't give a old. shit how old he is. That means he's cocky. He's got a lot of life on his arm, and he can throw the ball hard and and be effective. What does the age have anything to do with it? That he's young and that he's unproven. Okay. And that there were guys in the majors who are more proven than him that could have helped you. Again, for what at what cost? And and to 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 the to the point that 
some of these guys actually weren't even available to you because you're the New York Yankees and you're in division or you have a no trade clause against you or you play in the American League. Yeah, that is something that I agree with you on that I, I, I think I think is real. I think that's real that the Indians didn't want to trade Bauer to the Yankees and that we might find out that the uh, Stroman was not a possibility because of Indivision and that Greinke was not willing to come to the Yankees. I think that's all real possibilities, but we don't know that at this time right now. No, but I think there's a level of assumption for that. Because you, they want, it's not like they didn't want those players. And, you know, I, I think that Bauer, um, like Clint Frazier's not in on that deal. That's, no, that's a different Indians, deal. That's a very different the deal. Indians, the Indians were not willing to take him back. Right. I, so, so now you're looking at what? You're, you're, I don't, no, know, I don't even know if you could make Bauer that deal, deal now. Now you're I'm looking at the Bauer deal, though. You look at what they got for Bauer, and the yeah. Yankees probably couldn't have matched it. They couldn't have matched that because they couldn't have sent him players that help out on the team this year. So I get that. I'm not even. I'm more what like well, and the prospects. I'm more of like what the hell with the Bauer situation because I'm annoyed that he went to the Reds than angry at the Yankees. Right. I think it's a weird situation. I agree. What happened? I agree with that. And I and and the Stroman thing. It it just sounds like a team that didn't want to deal with the Yankees, or if they were trying to deal with them at all, they asked for like some stupid amount. And uh, Cashman just wasn't going to do it. And I don't blame him. That's also happened a couple days ago. Okay. So, so no. So, so we don't know what the asking price was on Sunday before the deadline. It's different. It's different for the Blue Jays, different for the Yankees. The Yankees are saying, okay, we're not willing to trade for Stroman because we've got fallback options in the next three days. Sure. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure he had some kind of a level of... Because from, from the, the quotes that he was talking about... Uh, from I was reading uh, Lindsey Adler's Twitter page, just going through all the quotes, and it seems like he was had had conversations with everybody. They, they, they knocked on all the doors. They talked everyone to everyone except the Red Sox, except the Red Sox, who also didn't. Make no, moves. he he said that. You hear him. You see him say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, funny that they didn't move, make a move. Funny that the Yankees didn't make a move, also because of the uh, and both were right up against the luxury tax. Oh, I mean that that's that's a factor. So you think the Yankees didn't make a move because of money? Well, I, if the Stroman Stroman didn't cost no, a lot no, of hours it's, under, it's, under that's that's all about the Granky thing. If if we hear later that Granky waived a no trade to the Yankees, then yes, it was all about money, and that's then then I have a problem. It's a big problem. It's why, the reason I had a problem with the what's his name Corbin. No, Keuchel. Oh yeah, I think that one was weird too. I mean, I think this has been a really weird year of negotiations, honestly. We've had some very different scenarios with the uh, the whole uh, with the whole Keuchel and Kimbrel thing, with them not being part of a team uh, approaching the deadline. We had two non-factor teams make big deals for two of the biggest players, uh, biggest chips on the market during the trade deadline at the at the last hour at the the final day. It's been a weird deadline. Like this is not. Oh, there's no precedent. Far. There's no precedent for what what just happened. For what we just witnessed, there is no match. So <laughs> that alone. Like plays to the to to the um to the cards that the shit was just weird and things were things were getting weird out there and Cashman's like you know what I'm not the weird guy I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play that game. I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the fetish guy I'm not going in there I'm not doing that he's not the fetish guy. What the hell are I'm not I'm not about? getting weird with you people you goddamn Canadians I'm not getting weird with you uh you know sometimes we get comments and criticism no, I don't want to call it criticism feedback. That you and I agree too much. Yeah. 
I don't think we're going to get that on this episode. Well, I mean, there's two approaches here. You could look at this team. I think you and I are both playing up these approaches a little. I'm bit. not playing up anything. I, I, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't. I'm not playing up anything because I don't want Cashman to overextend on deals, especially to uh, teams in the division. And I, I, I truly don't believe that some of these guys were available to the New York Yankees at a reasonable cost. And I'm not saying a reasonable cost being like the Yankees stretching a little bit. I think that's reasonable. I think a team can stretch, and that's reasonable. I'm not saying a cheap cost. I'm saying reasonable. So that that could be overextending a little bit. I think they were way out of reach. That's what it sounds like. Um, yeah, I think they were. We, we don't know. And whether whether that I know what we could do is speculate whether that was the uh, what they were asking or the fact that they were in a position. Uh, of weakness because they were in the American League or the division think, or whatnot. No, I, I think, think all of that in, plays into it. I think they were in a position of weakness because they're pitching shit the bed over the last two weeks leading up to the deadline, plus the fact that they're the Yankees. I think there is a Yankees tax. Do you agree on that? To an extent. I think I think it's more to the to the fact that they're uh, the situation of the Yankees. I think the Red Sox would have had the same tax. And that I think other GMs know the Yankees are a little bit desperate this year. Well, they have. What, do you think the Yankees would be going out and, and we'd be pining for all of these deals if Tanaka and Paxton were pitching well? I uh, no, but they're not. But that's what my you point. Talking? You're saying, you're saying the fact that they're pitching badly is putting them in a bad position because they know they're overextended. Okay, so what if they're pitching well? Then they're not going to go out and get anybody. I still think they'd be looking. They're not going to go out the, and spend deadline, anything on any at of the these deadline guys. last year. They had Severino pitching well, Tanaka pitching well. And they still went out and added Jay Happ. I mean, Jay Happ was not a Jay Happ was like a, uh, um, like f- minor from the Texas Texas Rangers deal. Yeah, that would have helped him. Did he even get dealt? He didn't get dealt, nope. right? No. Okay, so they were. I don't know what the hell they're doing. It, they should have definitely traded him. I agree. People were maybe being unreasonable. Thought, that, maybe they thought there's a waiver deadline. That that leads me to believe that, like, the fact that he didn't get dealt. Is, is, uh, unless something broke. Unless it broke, yeah, because we recorded this afterwards, uh, not far after the um, all this news has been coming out. But uh, if they didn't deal him, then you know there were guys asking for exorbitant or exorbitant amounts uh, for for the bounty as players and and uh, and and controllable players. Like it doesn't make sense why he doesn't get traded. I see no news that he went anywhere. Um. All right. Yeah, Red Sox coming in for four games, doubleheader on Saturday. You said earlier the Yankees are up eight on the division. I'm not worried about this division right now. I still think the team is good enough to win the division with an eight-game cushion, but that's not the point of of the season. The point of the season is not to win the division. It's to win a championship. Right, but you have to start with the division. Okay, yeah, fair enough. You start with the division, you're putting yourself in a good position, at least to extend the playoffs and to um, to figure it to figure it out. Because they got to get better. I mean, like we all know, they got to get better. But I think they have the ability to get better. And yes, while we don't want to hear the narrative, and we were we were mocking this narrative, and, and and really, I think a lot of the Yankee fans, you know, looking at this deadline, the fear was that we would hear Luis Severino and Batances as the moves, uh, as the narrative, and that has become true. But it doesn't make it wrong. I don't hate the fact. I don't. If they went out and got somebody, and then they said and. We're looking to get those two guys back. I don't hate that. Well, if you, of course you're going to say that. You're still <laughs> expected to get them back whether you go out and acquire anybody or not. 
That doesn't change anything. But to but to bank on that, it's it's sort of it should be looked at as added value. If they come back, it's bonus. That's what they're doing. They're not banking on it. They're saying that the guys that were, we've, I don't want to rehash this. It just wasn't the the deal. The deals couldn't get moved. It's not like they weren't looking. They were trying to add. Yeah. All right. It couldn't happen. Talking circles. Any final thoughts? I'm ready. I I just want to. I want to. I want to see a. I want to see like three or four from the Red Sox. If we get three or four from the Red Sox, I can release the shirt that I want to release because it's awesome, and I can only release it if they do that. And so, and two, uh, it'll shut everybody up. It, and, I, and I'm sick. I'm sick of the cloud. It won't. The, it won't you know what? The, the cloud. The cloud of of negativity around the team. While I understand it because of the the pitching recently, it's been frustrating to watch. This team has overachieved so much with the with the players that they have. And they are gonna. They are getting healthier uh, as far as the pitching. Are Knocking they? on wood. Hopefully, everything, all these things go well because in the, hopefully in the next you know three to four weeks we see both of those guys back. Severino Batances, possibly Montgomery. Who knows? Um, but there are guys no, that are. I don't think either Batances or Severino will be back in three to four weeks. Well, I'm saying three to four weeks. We'll have a much better picture at that point. I think. Yeah, I think we could see one of them back. I think we could see Severino back uh, probably around the the end of the of August, early September, but. I think that's an aggressive time Either frame, way. considering he has not thrown off a mound. Either way, if we do get these guys back, if they're if they are healthy, then then yes, we're in a much better we're in a, we're in a pretty good position just with those with those guys coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so but you know what? Even with them coming back, well. even with them coming back, if they are the add, like if they didn't come back and we added two guys like that, if we added a bullpen piece and a starter piece, let's just say that we added that. Guess what? The pitchers still have to be better. Doesn't matter. That doesn't change that. Well, that's. I mean, even if they add it, yeah, exactly. So it, yeah. it doesn't change. No, the they're fact not going to go anywhere. They're not going to go anywhere if Tanaka can't get out of fourth right. innings and Paxton can't figure out his first inning problems. The linchpin and, is the, yeah. what, the linchpin of this team. No matter if they made a deal or didn't make a deal, was the existing players. Hundred percent. That's fair. I agree with that. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like that should make people feel better. Honestly. <laughs> In a weird way, I think it does. We just got to get All better. Right. We got to be better. There's no doubt. They don't. This is not how they play. This is not this team. It's just not. Yeah, and I think it does start with the Red Sox this weekend. You got to at least split that series so you keep the Red Sox at arm length, arms length. And they're looking. They're looking to destroy. They're. They're. they're well, gonna, considering they just took three out of four. Yeah. yeah. They're. They're. This is going to be and at Yankee Stadium. Like bats got to be ready because they could be hit. So whether the pitching the Red not, Sox, if the Red Sox take three out of four this weekend, they're eyeing the division. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, we we circled these eight games a while ago. I mean, you you got to be a moron if you didn't circle these eight games. <laughs> they're, they're 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 so close together um, that you know they're a, such a huge difference maker. So yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, For next episode, submit your mailbag questions. We will be recording it Sunday night after the Yankees-Red Sox game. So get those in, bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. You can also tweet us, Facebook us, Instagram us, all that kind of good stuff, and we will answer your questions then. Anything else, Scott, before we get out of here? Yeah, if you are um, watching us right now, I don't know if you've seen this on on a clip that we've put out in the future. 
uh, new hats in the fan shop. Savages with pinstripes. They're badass. They're uh, they're the old school snapbacks with the green underbill. They look dope. They're awesome. Uh, go grab one. They are thirty bucks in the fan shop. Nice. Yeah, they're they're sweet. I like them. They've got the same pinstripe as the BP hat. Yeah. That uh, that is so. Yep. Very cool. All right. Talk to you on Monday. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.